Hello everybody, it's 40k lore time, and we're gonna learn about things and waste all your time. Hi guys, and welcome to Foxtrot Battleline. Uh, this is our third episode, uh, technically I think. <laughs> um, we will be covering tonight uh, part two of Space Marines. Um, I've got Corey on the line here. Hey, Corey. Hello. <laughs> and um, we realized after last time that this was going to be way more extensive than we thought it was going to be. So we're going to tonight cover sort of just a brief summary of the Dark Angels and the Blood Angels. Really brief. Um then dive into the seven other <laughs> chapters that are out there. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's super important. Um, and keep in mind, I guess our goal here, too, is to just cover them briefly. Um, we're not going to be extensively going into sort of all the game mechanics. And in fact, uh, I was talking to Corey, and it seems a little unfair to do that between editions right now. So um, we'll just, you know, kind of give a brief overview. But. Actually, uh, Corey, interesting note, my my mother just dropped off a printed copy of the new rules. <laughs> oh, they showed up. Yeah, in full color, too. So Every uh, instinct to in me says to keep them on my computer, but I know after hearing this from you, uh, I'm going to Staples as soon as I can and making my own <laughs> little laminated primer just so I have it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll laminate mine because I'm definitely going to buy the book when it comes out. Um, well, if you don't laminate it, what are you going to do when you spill beer on it? Then well, you have to get a new one. Yeah. Well, I'm not drinking tonight when I'm going to read them initially, so <laughs> I guess I'll be good for now. But um, So we'll dive into the seven other uh, chapters, and then I think uh, towards the end we'll just go over kind of a historical overview of how the Space Marines did in 8th and some ninth hopes before I, you know, either of us read the rules so we can kind of more or less guess. Um, Cause I, I think that's more exciting to guess now and then be like, Oh, we were really, really wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, this is Foxtrot battle line. Uh, you can email us anytime with your questions at Foxtrot battle line uh at gmail.com and follow us on instagram at foxtrot battle line 5198 um that's our handle so um which we've thank you Corey. Corey's been helping out with the instagram and been, been releasing a lot more content um because i'm a little on the lazy side with some of that stuff so <laughs> plus i was using it as like a oh these are my paintings check them out uh and less as a you know, podcasting tool. So yeah, now it is just a hundred percent pandering to all of the Warhammer fans. So if you want to see Dark Angel stuff, you let us know, and we'll post as much Dark Angel stuff as you want. If you want to see Blood Angel stuff, let us know because I have lots of it to post. Yeah, and uh, if you want to see our own stuff, uh, I'm still posting my own stuff through there, just periodically. So, which is really a nice little flavor. Like I saw it post today, and I was like, man, it's cool just to see models sometimes on. Um, yeah. Instagrams like that. Yeah, definitely. And I had a Forge World model on there, which was um, pretty cool. I'm pretty stoked about that. But was the Tyranid the Forge World yeah. one, or was it the? Because that that night was nice. Yeah, I'm a little he, jealous of that night. <laughs> I put the Dark Angels banner on the top of them, so I'm really gonna deck him out. Uh, 
but we can get into that a little bit later. So I guess I'll start off brief summary of Dark Angels. Uh, listen to episode one for some more intricate details, but they are the secret quote unquote chapter and they play like three armies in one. And I guess that's the briefest summary I can think of. So, <laughs> um, and now Corey, Blood Angels, just briefly. Blood Angels are awesome uh, Italian Renaissance Renaissance style space vampires that attack hard, they attack heavy, and they attack fast. They are the embodiment of the word force. Yeah, definitely. So uh, for more information on those, check out the first episode. Uh, Corey and I in the next couple of months are also planning on doing uh, just a episode on each of those as a mono faction. And those episodes will stand alone for the Dark Angels or Bullet Angels. But yeah. now, um, without further ado, uh, the other chapters. So uh, you want me to start mm-hmm. with Space Wolves or... Well, I just want to say we do have seven chapters to do, and I think it speaks to the fact that we spent the entire first half of this series on Space Marines talking about the chapters we love. Mm. So of nine chapters, we talked about two in an entire episode, (laughs) which is to say we're not going to do that today because we do have seven to cover, but every chapter has its own fan group. It's like the Jonas Brothers or any other band. So there are a (laughs) 100 people out there at least that in love sync. every chapter we talk about they're the every every chapter is an in sync and uh the most important thing to remember is that we're going to be skimming over the most important things for each chapter and with that we know that people find them important we know that there are things that we need to talk about and we're not going to get to them and if we poke fun at any of these things we mean it with love and we know how important they are to you guys. And so, uh, yeah, definitely. And you know, on that same point, there's so much there. Uh, for those of you who maybe are Xenos players and don't know, there's just there's just so. Much. I mean, there's what 50 books on the Horus Heresy. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of content. Uh, it's a little overwhelming, and we do apologize. Um, if we don't we're not going to cover everything so we do apologize for that um but hey you know if you'd like to come on and do a more focused episode on one of these chapters Corey and i don't play any of the rest of these seven so also be a little forgiving in our um execution of them um we're not the most well read on some of this stuff but we wanted to just provide a brief overview for our listeners on these chapters so and uh on the basis of forgiving i am currently in brooklyn new york so while i'm not in studio you will hear uh some traffic possibly we are doing our best to tone that out so if you don't hear anything great if you do i'm sorry and it will get better and it's mostly just the trucks right (laughs) yeah i tried to i talked to my wife she's downstairs currently waving down any trucks that want to come down our street but (laughs) Truck drivers in New York City are, they are tough and they will do what they want. So I'm trying my best, I promise. And we will do better. Yes. And uh, I'm in the woods, so you won't hear anything from me. (laughs) No, no screeching owls, no Maybe some owls, but. Attacking the mic. Yeah. uh, So I guess without further ado, yeah, let's uh, dive in. All the Uh, minutiae. Yeah. So. I guess um, I'll start with Space Wolves and we can just go back and forth. Um, I just figure Space Wolves is the other, 
I consider them one of the more primary chapters than some of the other stuff we're getting into. So I think Games Workshop would agree with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely they would. So, you know, you have the four major chapters, Blood Angels, Dark Angels, Ultramarines, and Space Wolves. So um, at least according to Games Workshop. So, um, but yeah, so... The Space Wolves are, and I guess one of the emphasis that I'm highlighting with some of these armies is the inspiration for some of their mythology. So the Space Wolves are um, more or less uh, Viking-inspired, so they draw a lot from old Norse mythology. They even call the Emperor um, uh, the Allfather, which is an allusion to Odin. So... um, you know, they're on this world Fenris, and basically they write in runes like the Vikings. They Their whole world is uh, tons of uh, monsters. Sorry, I'm blanking here. Monsters from the warp. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's kind of over-infested with them, and uh, a lot of their missions on Fenris and the history um, – of their Primarch, uh, Lehman Russ, who, if you are an Imperial Guard player, uh, one of your tanks is named after him. <laughs> so that's even like a weird thing, and I'm not going to go into it, but just for a further note, and you guys will be talking about Astra Militarum later. Lehman Russ, like in the original story, and we'll, we'll fact check this, used to not even be like a space wolf. Like, if you go back far enough, so that um, whole like Lehman Russ tank thing, like, literally was, like, he was an Astra Militarum general. And then they were like, no, now you're, like, <laughs> now you're, you're a Space Wolf. And now you're they, a wolf. <laughs> yeah, things got, like, retconned back in, in like, Rogue Trader days. So All it's right. a weird tidbit, but but go on. All right, so he's their Primarch, too, Lehman Russ. Um, whatever the history of their writing team may or may not have been. <laughs> but um, I'll try to keep those to a minimum. Yeah, don't worry about it. I think those are fun facts. Fun fact, you could even, you know, Corey's fun fact. But, <laughs> um, so, you know, he's this, I don't know too much about Lehman Russ. I just wanted to kind of mention his name. Like I said, and Corey said, there's a way too much to cover if we're going to go over all these chapters, plus how they play in ninth or our hopes so um basically the whole concept of um you know him is he's this big guy who's very vocal and um very uh i'd say human friendly out of all the primarchs he really cares about humanity um and you see that a lot in the heresy with some of his actions um but anyways so he's their primarch and kind of the whole thing with Space Wolves is when you get implanted with the gene seed, um, you more or less end up uh, basically going feral. Um, think of Sparta here. I always think of Sparta, even though they're they're complete. I call them the Space Vikings um, colloquially when we talk about them. But um, they get implanted with the gene seed and then they're released into the wild. And basically if they come back, uh, they get the other half of the gene seed, which, uh, sort of levels out their wolf characteristics. So they kind of mutate a little bit, which <laughs> that would be the heresy. Um, no, the wolf question mark. Huh? Uh, question. Uh, just, just question mark. No, so- the- that's not the wolfen. No, the wolfen are different. Um, wolfen are 
uh, some of the space Marines that kind of got lost in the warp and, or if they don't come back, um, I think you turn into a, a, basically you look like a wolf and so, (laughs) um, yeah, they're, um, you know, they're pretty cool. They're one of my favorite chapters that I don't play. Um, and I think out of, I think in terms of Space Marines, there's three chapters, and Corey, you can debate this with me, but there's three chapters that have a lot of character. I think they all do, but that I think there's three that have more, and it's, to me, the Blood Angels, the Dark Angels, and the Space Wolves. So <laughs> They try to do it with the Ultramarines. They add a lot of stuff to them, but it's it's hard to make different flavors of vanilla. vanilla yeah. yeah. It's, it's <laughs> we hard both were going the same thing. <laughs> uh, they're all kind of the same, dude. But as far as they do heavily invest in that. And the idea with the new eighth edition and the primaris Marines, they have invested the majority of, a, of it into those three. So even if they weren't over the long haul of games, workshops, uh, Warhammer, the main focus they are now with the primaris Marines because they yeah. invested the most into these three. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they also are the only factions that, uh, well, I guess there's the supplements now, but they're the only factions that really have their own codex and really unique units that you can actually buy in a box separate from kind of converting or yeah. just painting them differently. So uh, it's pretty cool. So, um, and I guess, you know, to just also keep this brief, there's a lot more on Space Wolves. In fact, go out and um, read like one uh, D4Chan. Uh, they have a lot on them or the Warhammer 40K lore lexiconum. But, you know, this is just to kind of go over them briefly and maybe inspire you to go check them out. But um, in terms of how they play, so we're covering or trying to cover um, at least one stratagem. So I guess. You have to think of when you're talking about how the space wolves play. You have to think of assault, essentially. Um, but they haven't been given a lot of tools, um, minus the wolfen, to be particularly good at assault. Uh, I think the blood angels, even at least in my opinion, I think the blood angels even have more tools than they do. Um, but they're also quick, so. They have those wolf packs to kind of move in fast, tie up your enemy units, secure objectives. They're not very durable, but they do the job before your wolfen can make it in, essentially, and wreak havoc. At the beginning of 8th, I think wolfen were one of the best close combat units in the game, like hands down. So, Yeah. So they're great. Do they actually have wolf units, like yeah, standalone wolf mm-hmm. units? Yeah, these uh, the well, a you can take marines that ride wolves, the wolf cavalry. <laughs> they are so cool; it's yeah, insane. And then they have the I forget the unit name, but it might be dire wolves, and they're just wolves. So, if you like wolves and you like Vikings and you like cold, and you hate Egyptian pharaoh, uh. <laughs> units you will love the space vikings or space wolves. <laughs> space wolves yeah uh absolutely. Did, you, did you see their their name by chance they have like a second name too the, i was wondering if that came up i don't know the space uh, wolf players that. get a little antsy about that i'll, I'll look that up later sorry uh, off topic 
Yeah. So the ones before we move on to uh, just to cover the one stratagem that I think is super important for their army and really it makes them cohesive. Uh, it's called Canicle of Hate. So as I mentioned, they play very salty. And what Canicle of Hate does is adds two to your charge roll. Um, and I believe you can soup them so they're automatically moving or automatically rolling the highest they can for their charge. But that extra two inches really, um, I mean, that's going to get you into combat. It's kind of a, the way gene stealers function where they can essentially move 30 across the board and get, get into combat like first, second turn. So, um, for an army that's very based on assault, that's obviously a great stratagem to have. So, um, yeah. And that's a brief overview of the space wolves. So, uh, your turn <laughs> yeah uh just to touch base on that little tidbit that i failed on uh so the way the space wolves work is that they have their own fenris has its own dialect and language and while we know them as the space wolves and this is this is deep lore that has no place here uh <laughs> so i apologize but i can't leave people not knowing this because i brought it up their actual name is the viga fenrica which is space wolves language meaning for wolves of fenris for a while so while we know them as space wolves their actual name to themselves it's their word they can use it as wolves of fenris okay Uh, again that's for a deep lore episode i'm sorry i brought that up that (laughs) derailed us at least you answered it too you know (laughs) i was sitting here i was like i can't leave them on a hanger after i bring up this tidbit i'm gonna look like an idiot (laughs) and you heard him (laughs) typing feverishly away feverishly looking for the answer so that everybody knows we know what we're doing (laughs) jokes on them though (laughs) (laughs) so uh well so you can go ahead Uh, what was the chat first chapter so my first chapter I started off with was the Raven Guard. I think the interesting uh, thing we did here was that we both kind of picked, we both did like a little draft picking which chapters to talk about, and we both chose chapters that were close to our own play styles. So while Space Wolves... Or personalities Wolves, even, or interests. Or personalities yeah. even. So Raven Guard is often compared to Blood Angels because they're both deep strike get in your face uh close combat kinds of teams or armies to lots of infiltration for raven guard at least now that's the interesting thing i found out because i don't know much about raven guard they have a a certain uh a certain look to people yeah yeah i didn't want (laughs) to didn't want to jump into it and i honestly you're huge fans of co-eat and (laughs) they're the Uh, chapter for you so I was like live on my Instagram doing research before and like I've never done it before. So I'm sitting there just asking people questions and there was one person, this guy Vinny, talking to me the whole time. I was like, I am going deep into the lore here, trying to prove like write a a disprovement that they are not emo kids. Uh and I it's just I wanna help out the Raven Guard players and just be like the stigma is here, but I'm proving that it's not true. And the deeper and deeper I got into the lore, uh the more and more true it became. And so everyone on my Instagram live were just chatting in like, Hey, uh, maybe just, just lean into it. Cause you're not going to, you're not going to fix Bring this. out that panic at the disco power armor. <laughs> I have just a bunch of friends from home being like, wait, what do they look like? And I'm showing them pictures and it's just like, uh, okay, <laughs> I get it. Uh, uh, and not to diss on them because unlike the ultramarines, they're still very cool. So, See, and this one tripped me up because I was getting into my groove of taking notes and 
of all the guys I went into, Raven Guard had some deep, deep lore. They went, they went deep in there, and, and I had a hard time nitpicking what I needed to say. So while I can make fun of Raven Guard and their players, which I won't make fun of their players, they do have a lot to give, and it's very interesting to get into. So let me get into it. They are the 19th Legion. They are led by the Primarch Corvus Corax who after the Horus Heresy actually went into the warp and wasn't seen again. He's not dead, unlike a lot of other Primarchs. He has disappeared into the warp, and there are short stories about him hunting hunting his brother Primarchs through the warp, which is actually really cool, uh, where he is like... If you go into some of the other chapters, there's other Primarchs that are like Batman, but he's kind of like the good Batman who won't kill. Uh, there's a cool short story where he hunts down Logar and like he's like, I am vengeance. <laughs> Anyways, the, they come from the homeworld of Deliverance, which is actually a moon that orbits a hive world named Kiavar. They basically, Korvax was on that planet, Korax was on that planet and freed the, the moon from the main planet and then took all of it under one power for the Imperium. They have a few chapter flaws um i had to go into this because everybody has kind of their flaw yeah but the flaws well, yeah, of this i didn't chapter, talk about that on on mine but they there was they a little bit it, yeah um basically the flaws that come into and the defining features of the raven guard characters and which makes the makes this even harder is that they don't take the same mutations that normal space marines do when they get all the new organs they actually go against a lot of that their bodies rally against it because of the way the gene seed of corvus corax works so what actually ends up happening is they reject certain organs and because of those rejections their skin is notably paler than every other space marine in the world so they're all pale skinned and Which makes sense for emo kids, right? So. See, here's where I got to my breaking point. And the other gene seed mutation, because of it, all of their hair and personal features, like like just eyes and stuff, are dark coal. They're all <laughs> black-haired people with dark features who are just pale. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound familiar at all, right? This was my breaking point. This is like, guys, I'm just going to lean into it. We're going to talk about how they are great units, and we won't talk about them as people. <laughs> uh, we're sorry, have... Ravengard. At least you're really good right now So in the meta. so <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, if you really have a problem with the way we're talking about Ravengard, come to Shelton, come play us, kick our asses, and then we'll continue to say it, but at least you'll have that over us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they also have this thing called the Sable Brand, which is a, uh, another gene seed mutation, which just is this cold-blooded determination to fight on without any self-preservation. Mm. Uh, they get goals in mind and they need to hit it. It's, it doesn't sound like a really terrible thing. It's no. not, uh, it's not like the Red Thirst or the Wolfen, uh, what, there's a Wolfen gene. But well, uh, the fact that they turn into wolves is pretty bad. They go feral. So yeah, so it's not like that. It's it's really just kind of like a really good work ethic. Mm -hmm. But that's that's that about them. They are uh, black and white. They because of their gene seed gene seeds rigorous demands. They actually have lower recruitment numbers and lower surviving space marines. So the way 
their whole legion chapters are created it kind of is dealing with the fact that they have very little number to pull from they are a a hurting chapter because of it because it's so hard to become one yeah uh they are like i said they're black and white their style of play is that they are fast they are quick they're kind of like blood angels but where blood angels are kind of like a blitzkrieg get in your face and hit everything with a blunt stick style they are more of a uh let me get in there and you won't even know I'm there. So a lot of their their players, a lot of their their characters have like jump packs so that they can deep strike later in the game. A lot of their stratagems allow you to deep strike at the end of a turn or at the end of a movement phase. So everything they have kind of gets is their way of sneaking in where again like blood angels that I'm used to all right, let me get in there. You're going to know I'm landing and I'm going to beat you up. The way they're kind of oriented, where they have different they have different styles and different techniques they can use that allow them to get in your backfield and then make them unhittable in their backfield. So they can get there and they can do damage in a number of different ways. Um, yeah, I've big, seen also yeah. in the, the meta right now, the popular Raven wing list is flyer-based. So... Yeah, they they definitely lean into a lot of their their flyers. Uh, they do have in particular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have actually like one awesome stratagem that I kind of pulled into. And again, Raven Guard players, there's a lot of good stratagems, but one that I picked out was basically they have one. It is called Strike from the Shadows, which I've heard like went away, came back, and it was so like OP. Use the stratagem during deployment. Select one Raven Guard infantry unit from your army. You can set that up unit up in ambush instead of setting it up on the battlefield. If you do, at the end of one of your movement phases, you can set up that unit anywhere in the battlefield that's more than nine inches away. Which took me a minute to read, but when you figure it out, it just means you don't need to be a Terminator. You don't need to be. You don't need to have a jump pack to deep strike. So you can take any Raven Guard infantry unit you have and make them into deep strikes. So you could take like an aggressor and just be like, I'm going to drop this guy in, in the backfield on the next turn. And it's, it's, it's insane. That's, and kudos to games workshop while we did this research, the way the people, the way the teams are supposed to be, the way the armies are supposed to be, everything they make plays to that, uh, play style. Uh, well, now, yeah, it's getting yeah. better and better as it, Speaking as of they which, go on. Not to talk about the Dark Angels, but I do have a little something here. Um, so there's Lay a what? Lay it on me. Oh yeah. So there's a great stratagem now that just came out in the newly released Psychic Awakening book for the Dark Angels, and this is on your point of uh, armies finally playing the way they're supposed to. So. The thing is, if you're running a Raven, the stratagem basically, if you're running a Raven wing list, you can deep strike your turn and you give a little icon to one of your bikers and you can deep strike a Terminator um, within six inches of the enemy from that bike. It's pretty, <laughs> it's yeah. pretty effective. So if you're running like me, you're running Deathwing Knights. That's an alternative way to set up your within six inches you're gonna make the charge almost guaranteed rather than a nine where it's a little iffy so um i think in the future that'll be uh heavily used <laughs> by myself oh, so. absolutely 
But and that's that's to GW's credit. They're starting to let their their armies be their armies, and which is it's great in eighth edition. And ninth edition seems to be even better. Yeah. Where, especially with Space Marines. Yeah, especially with Space Marines, the bread and butter. Because yeah. I mean, Raven Guard. Just as you read into the lore and you find out the different things they do, they are quick. They're infiltrators. They're not, again, not Blitzkrieg style. They're not going to get in there and, and aggressively attack you. Their idea is to get behind your lines. They don't want you to know you're behind their lines. They have a lot of different stratagems and things that make them hard to hit when being fired upon. And because of that, it's just like, we're going to put our guys behind your line. You're not going to even know they're there. You're not going to be able to hit them. And then they're going to come in and do whatever that one unit is good at doing which I think Strike from the Shadows is the epitome of. It's just one of those, Absolutely. I'm going to put any unit I want that's a Raven Guard infantry in your backfield. They're going to have whatever their specialty is, and that's the way I want to play, and I'm just going to drop them back there, and they're going to do their work nine inches from your guys. I've also seen, um, so they have something, some unit that can leave bombs on objectives. So basically, if you move over the bomb, uh, say you're trying to secure objective five um, and there's like 12 bombs on five you move over the bomb and it could potentially especially for weaker infantry units wipe your unit out as you move to gain victory points so see that's just mean that's just that's <laughs> just that's mean and for me where i try to focus a lot on getting the victory points yeah well you should, uh, everyone should um, you should yeah. some people don't and i it yeah. took me a long time to get to that Lou Lou's a little still on the cusp of so uh you know Lou another he's not on today but um he is on the cusp of wanting to destroy everything and then I have to c- remind him hey that doesn't matter like the v- VP is going to be what matters in the end so uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a little distracting you put all your tables and you're like I just want to kill shit you know <laughs> so well that's the problem is then you mature to a point where you think I have to get this objective and get victory points and then you play a raven guard player who goes cool I'm going to leave a bomb here for you yeah well so space where, marine's not as big of a deal but if you're playing tyranids that's a pretty yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to I like to come around to the idea of as you look into different chapters when you're trying to find out what it is you're into you can look to different popular culture things and so like if you want to play dark angels and you like king arthur in medieval times you're gonna like dark angels if you really like vikings yeah or time travel my mind's still blown it's gonna take me a while to get used to that (laughs) but if you're into like history channels like vikings and like you love that show which i personally am working on a haircut to look like those guys so i get it uh if you get into that, you're going to love Space Wolves. And if you play games like, I'm going to say somewhere between a mix of Assassin's Creed or maybe even a little Spy versus Spy, uh, it's somewhere in the in-between between Assassin's Creed and Mad Magazine's Spy versus Spy lays uh, the Raven Guard and the way they play. So if that's your sensibility, if you like being really, really, really sneaky and also being able to get in close and mess with everybody and throw everyone off of their game plan early raven guard is for you yeah all right and so with that we'll move on to um the next chapter which i'm covering uh salamanders so 
I'll start out with if you really like flamers, <laughs> play <laughs> the salamanders. Um, if you see yourself staring into a fire for way too long, and your if mom you have, has begun to call the officials. Yeah, <laughs> if you have, you know, if you're a pyro, you should probably play salamanders. So, um, I guess you know I'll work backwards on this one. So, with that being said, um, and this will be really good in ninth. Um, I was reading, uh, doing the research on them today and I actually used to play a little bit of salamanders, but I was so young. I did not remember why, probably cause they're also nicknamed the dragon warriors. So, <laughs> um, I was, I've always been really into like dinosaurs and dragons and all that. So, but anyways, uh, their stratagem, one of the key ones that I want to point out for them for this chapter is called Flamecraft. And so what that does is that maximizes all your flaming shots. So if you have a flamer and it's, you know, assault D6, you get six shots and they auto hit. So that's really, really good because you're getting the maximum output with flamers. Never mind that new unit they just leaked of the most intense flamers I've ever seen for Primaris. Um, they got, what, three wounds apiece? I forget the stats, but it seems almost broken. Uh, their flamers are nasty. So That's insane. I feel bad for non-Marine players. Like The more and more that gets released, I'm just like what the hell this doesn't seem right you know um <laughs> there's a part of me that values xenos players and there's a part of me that as a space marine fanatic i'm like guys it's just about us i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, i don't want to ruin your gaming experience even but... the chaos units are gonna like suck they don't have primary stuff um i don't know if they'll have rules to convert some of those marines um and maybe in ninth in the lore we'll see like some of the primaris start to turn to chaos because they're so new and all that. I don't know, but we can we can get into that on a on a later time. Yeah. But there is just just to to keep the listeners going on this. There definitely is going to be primaris chaos marines. It's in the stories. It's in the lore. Oh, okay. And there's already been traitor primaris marines happen. So there are at least renegades, if not chaos. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good because then it'll only be Xenos that are imbalanced and i'm sure they'll try to come up with something so yeah um but anyways salamanders so their prime mark is uh vulcan and apparently um he's missing so i know there's a lot more in there but i just want to leave it at that so um i i honestly didn't do too too much with the salamanders there because not many people play them but they are very cool so their color schemes usually green with flames on the armor and um one of the most interesting things at least about these two that i covered so space wolves and salamanders are also um like people's people like they're space marines that actually care about the citizens of the imperium um, and in fact, almost to a fault, I'd say. Um, so the space wolves and the salamanders will go out of their way to help in an imperial world. So if someone's really hurting in their system, because uh, uh, just briefly, every uh, like planets have systems in the 40k world. So there's you know multiple planets around one area, and that's a system. So if you're in a space marine's homeworld system 
typically they don't care. Like <laughs> I know the dark angels wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> oh, oh. We need help. Oh wait, there's a dude, a fallen over there. All right. That's it. <laughs> Bye-bye. You know, millions yeah. die. So <laughs> just in case you're just in case you're just getting into the lore and just learning these things, salamanders and space wolves are a huge anomaly when it comes to space Marines for space Marines. It's very much the empire first, and this is even questionable. The Empire first, their chapter next, and then everything else after. So if yeah. you if you see a human being and they're in danger and it endangers the Empire, the Space Marines, or their mission, you're worm food. They're not going to care. So salamanders literally to a fault are those kinds of guys who are going to go out of their way. They're good guys. Yeah, uh, probably. They're the only good guys. Between them and Tao, I think that's it. Uh, I think the Tao have generally good um, motivations in the universe and the salamanders. And then, <laughs> I mean, nope. Eldar maybe, but like Eldar don't really have good. They're just, they're just trying to survive. You know, I feel like the, the only difference in good intentions wise between salamanders and Tao is that we don't make fun of salamander players. That's true. I don't know yeah. if there's enough to make fun of them for. So <laughs> all five of them. <laughs> yeah um so you know uh <laughs> waiting all episode for us to get to the salamanders i apologize no, no no this will get serious yeah so i think uh since we're talking about and this is a guess i can't really tell with the salamanders but since we've been talking about kind of relating each of these chapters to a specific hum- human historical moment i think they're greek <laughs> Um, they seem like, you know, Athens, Greek. I wrote down Pompeii in my notes because, you know, right near the volcano, they turned to ash and the salamander's skin is actually kind of ashy. So, um, that's my best guess for them, um, is that they're kind of based off that, uh, ancient Greek, you know, democratic sort of, um, era in human history. So, I don't know if I'm wrong, but it seems that way. Um, you could even get into like you know the myth of Prometheus and taking the fire f- from the gods. So I think it's a little bit more airtight than I'm giving myself credit for. But um, any thoughts on that, Corey? I need someone I mean, to say guess, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know much about the salamanders either, which is which is why it's tough here because there's not a whole lot to go on. Mm. And unless we do an episode on it where we can get someone in to talk about it, they're not they're not popularized by GW. They're not talked about a lot. They're they're not particularly easy to paint. They're not the most well known. To be honest, I've been playing this game for more than two years now. And until like two months ago, I didn't know they existed. So <laughs> yeah. it's really tough. And I, I apologize for for not jumping in sooner. But they are hard in that place. And it, there's a lot of politics that go into talking about salamanders that you want to tiptoe around because salamanders have been kind of gw's half-hearted attempt to make the game a little more diverse Mm -hmm. uh which to be honest we're we're all for diversity in the game and and gw's first attempt earlier in like the 2000s and the 90s was to to oh here you go here's a chapter and it's like well that's not the answer guys but i thank you and that's kind of why it's hard to talk about the salamanders. It's definitely they do, hard, yeah. Yeah. It's like they're they're big guys. They are dark skinned. They have glowy eyes. Uh 
and they fight dragons. And they wear dragon stuff. pelts on their armor. So um, I wish they would release like a uh, like even just a sprue with you know ten dragon pelts so you can make your you know intercessor squads wear them. That'd be Honestly, so cool. <laughs> At this point, you're better off like using uh, Age Lizard of Sigmar and, yeah. stuff just to just to make these guys because they look out sorry. there. Um, they're called yeah. now. They used to be lizardmen way back when. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always thought it'd be cool having you know if you took a lizardman kit and had like your chaplain riding one of those dinosaurs. <laughs> but that would be pretty cool. I don't know what. Uh, you know, data sheet you'd use for like jump pack. <laughs> if you're if you're listening to this right now, get on your Instagram and just look up Lizardman Chaplain Salamanders and see if you find something. See, there's some. I'm, it, so, I'm sure there's some cool. Con- they are a converters dream. Um, you can do a lot with salamanders because there there aren't any models, so it's kind of a fair game as long as the basing's right and all that. So. Again, that's that's the problem with them, though, is that that's why this is why this is such a struggle to get there is that GW doesn't support them. And if they do have really good books out there, and I'm sure they do, or good do. lore books, because I, I have at least two of them, but I haven't read them yet. But other there's than one on that, Vulcan, right? Yeah, there's one on Vulcan. It's deeper in the in the Horace Heresy that I haven't gotten to yet. But it's it's one of those you have to find it. You have to search for it. Hmm. They're Are not you the reading poster all boy. the Horace Heresy books. I am slowly but surely slogging oh, wow. my way through it. I'm wow. on book, I think, eight. I have zero there. desire to do that, so good for you. <laughs> uh, you should read at least the first three. I'm reading um, Leon's books, definitely. Well, that's good, too. Yeah. Uh, the first three are all are all about Horus and the Luna Wolves and all that and the Istvan Five Massacre, which is amazing. And then it ends there, and then it goes into everybody else. But that that trilogy alone is worth reading. All right. Uh, if you don't want to get into a 56 book series, that's going to take you the better part of three years. That's a little bit of my apprehension, but See, um, I like knowing all the background. I yeah. am of the cast of people that liked the first three Star Wars movies, so oh, don't wow. look to me for wisdom oh. here. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I am not your hero. I am not someone to look to. You're someone's hero, at least your wife's. So. it's questionable yeah all right (laughs) um so um with the salamanders i guess i just want to compare them to to a chaos legion they're kind if you we've been talking a lot about this and not necessarily about them but i feel like everyone should play salamanders just because um it's a big fuck you to games workshop (laughs) so um but that being said yeah, who we absolutely love all the time. So, um, but it should be said they're kind of treated a little bit like the Emperor's Children Chaos Legion. Um, the Emperor's Children basically they have uh, one uh, conversion slot. Yeah. Uh, I guess they got new demons if you're playing a mixed attachment, but they yeah, have, but then they get like the that one satire marine that they sent out like a year ago. The noise one, yeah. but it's yeah. one guy who looks like he's in poison. And they don't really. They have one sprue was from twenty years ago with Sonic. We- so if you for Emperor's Children, uh, I know we're kind of going off topic here, but uh, for Emperor's Children, they have uh, these things called Sonic weapons, and they're actually really 
decent. Some of the rulings on them are great, and dreadnoughts can take them. Um, so GW's idea of adding Sonic Weapon was re-releasing this Noise Marine with a fucking guitar. So I don't picture them like that, like in the game. But yeah, but then they get some cool conversions where they make like the giant truck from Mad Max mm. into a tank, and it looks really cool. So. They lean into it. Emperor's children are weird, and we're not talking about them today, obviously. Yeah. But but I just wanted their, to relate their them. lore and their books go really deep. Like yeah. half of the Horus Heresy is about them, and they they have a lot of stuff. But then when it gets to the playing the playing field, like them and like the World Eaters, they talk about a shit ton in the books. And then all of a sudden, you get to the game, and it's like, well, nobody buys it, so we don't make it. Right, and that's the same for Salamanders, and that's kind of what I was relating everything back to. So. Um, I guess on that note, uh, you know, just an elevator pitch. Play Salamanders. Um, they, <laughs> please, and they have great Melto weapons. They're awesome. They're going to be good in ninth, even, I think. Just inadvertently, because GW's now made Flamers amazing again. So they might actually be pretty, uh, they're going to be decent at least, because they're also Space Marines. So um, give them a shot. You know, and without that, uh, without further ado, I mean, uh, we'll go to the next chapter. Hey, sorry. Uh, so we just cut out. Um, there's crazy thunderstorms going on up here in New Hampshire. So uh, I know uh, Corey is about to pick up on the next uh, chapter. So. Yeah, it's funny. I'm in Brooklyn fighting the trucks and you're in New Hampshire fighting the wilderness. <laughs> it sounds uh, about right. <laughs> <laughs> Together we will get through all of these Space Marine chapters. <laughs> Somehow, weather permitting. <laughs> there was halfway through, like the last one, where I'm like, "This might be three. And it's like, "No, you will persist." Yeah, I mean, my next one, White Scars, I'll I'll be brief with, because um, yeah. I also just want to have an open conversation at the end about some of Ninth Hopes and Eighth performance and stuff. So, absolutely. So we. Left off talking a little bit about chaos, and that was a little off topic, but I think it is an interesting segue to move us into at least my last two chapters I have. There's a weird... Both? Yeah, I'm going to start with Iron Hands. Okay. Um, there's an odd dichotomy that comes into a lot of these chapters and the way that you look at the chaos chapters, the ones that fell to chaos, and you look at the ones that are still loyal and... There is a flip of the coin chance that all of these Space Marine chapters could have gone the either other way. I mean, the Dark Angels did, the Blood Angels could at any moment, and the Iron Hands, honestly, I have the Iron Hands and the Imperial Fists, and both of them do a lot of, they have a lot of odd behaviors that look as if the if one of the swords that were possessed or if one of the items got into the wrong hands and they didn't take the Emperor's children, literally the Iron Hands could have just as easily been chaos uh so they are the 10th legion they're called they call themselves the iron 10th their main slogan is and i i will say this flesh is weak uh Mm. which is just a slap in the face of the emperor and all of mankind a little bit because their idea is that their greatest weakness is the human flesh that they were born with so while they fight for mankind, they are very much uh, leaning in the mechanicus way, where it mankind kind of like and the Emperor... chaos brothers, the steel. What? Are... No. Oh, the uh, Iron Warriors. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, they ran out of names a little bit, and there's like a whole. <laughs> I 
they oh, have mean, there's a whole the controversy. Iron Marines, Iron yeah. People, Iron Hands. <laughs> there's a whole like joking controversy over some of the uh one of the thirteen Black Crusades where the Iron Warriors attacked the Iron Hands home planet of Medusa. And the whole thing, like the whole controversy with it is that the Iron Hands and the Iron Warriors don't care about each other at all. They don't have backstory. There's no rivalry and that they think that the only reason they did this entire uh, this entire crusade to attack Medusa is that they have like names. <laughs> and that's the entire thing. It's like if the Red Sox fought the Black Sox for no reason. <laughs> oh, the White Sox, you mean? <laughs> oh, White Sox, White Sox, Black Sox, Black Sox. Okay, that's for the uh, the baseball podcast. Anyways, <laughs> um, Black Sox are historically the White Sox in the 1920s when they oh, okay. they did not win. They they cheated the World Series and they, it was a whole scandal. Another very um, fun fact. Brought to you little slip court. there. <laughs> yeah. We'll do that on the baseball episode. Uh, don't wait up for that one. So basically, uh, they believe, they have this belief that the less flesh they have on their body, the stronger they are. So everything they do is kind of in that idea of iron. Like we will be stronger the more iron we have. The their primarch Ferris Manus, who died during the Horus Heresy, he was decapitated by his brother and best friend uh, Fulgrim of the emperor's children is a whole backstory and it kind of reverberates through all the iron hands today because that's a moment of weakness for them and that ferris manis was human even though his hands themselves were steel hence iron hands uh ferris manis had iron hands his whole whole lore story to go with that and then they when he picked up his legion he made them the iron hands so their mascot is basically their primarch who has iron hands it's very literal uh so they're from the homeworld of Medusa. Of imagination went into that GWA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they are, they are black and silver. They are very steel uh, looking. They come from Medusa, which is just a terrible, terrible planet covered in volcanoes and close to the eye of terror. It's very harsh and unstable. And basically the whole way their population work is they're all in clans. And the clans move around in giant tracked vehicles and caravans, like like traveling people, just going around the planet, trying not to die at all times. Which then translates into the way they play, and the way their their different companies are organized into clans. Uh, their companies are instead of company one, company two, third company, fourth company, they are clans, and they all have their own names, which again reflects the way they were raised and where they were pulled out from, and. The way they travel in vehicles is reflected in the fact that everything they do is very vehicle heavy. So the way they play reflects their lore and the way that a lot of their uh, stratagems and a lot of their their abilities are there to make vehicles and shooting better. They're heavy weaponry warfare. They play hard. They fight hard. Um, Again... The whole flesh is weak thing, just to come back on that, just to touch this base, they will literally take off a piece of their body and replace it with a bionic piece. And the close the more they lose, the more they will put more on, which is actually the Mechanicus does kind of the same thing. The Adeptus Mechanicus of Mars will do the same thing. And they're actually very close with the Adeptus Mechanicus because they both kind of understand that that line of reasoning. And uh, just a note to the Iron Hands right now are, uh, or never mind, it's not them. I'm thinking Imperial Fists. 
Imperial or, fists are good. Iron hands were like unreal and broken for like a minute there, and uh, I they think still they are. got LVO they got hard with a nerf bat for like a second, but I oh, think good. they overcame that. Are they the legion that can have the unkillable dreadnought? I'm not sure on that one. Actually, I haven't heard about that. Uh, so at LVO, the championship game was an Iron Hands player versus a Raven Guard player. And I believe it was Iron Hands, at least. Don't quote me on this. But I'm pretty sure whatever it was, Iron Hands or Imperial Fists, one of them has stratagems and a Warlord relic that would, in combination, you can't put any wounds on a Dreadnought. So in the list, he took a Leviathan Dreadnought. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's the badass Forge World Relic Dreadnought. And essentially, it can put out like 30 shots um, with two of this type of weapon. Um, and it's just, it's deadly. Um, I haven't played with mine yet. I do have one for my Dark Angels list. <laughs> but I can't make mine unkillable, so. Yeah, no, you just don't, you don't have the... Uh... We don't have the a stratagems for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, if you want to roll big tanks, if you want to be World War One style, using tanks and heavy guns to destroy everything, I like the slogan like "heavy guns never tire." Uh, that is very, very Iron Hands, cool. which is weird because they're. Again, and I, I just keep harping on it, is the fact that the whole flesh is weak thing. The Iron Warriors aren't even that crazy, right. you know? Yeah. The Iron Warriors are the Chaos guys, and they literally don't even like Chaos. They're just there as angry people. <laughs> and there's nothing about them that's chaos And then you go to the Iron Hands, and it's like, you guys, y'all might just be heretics, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is um, is a weird way to look at it. And the Iron Warriors it, are kind of like the only 40K equivalent of, like, dwarves. Yeah, like, basically. Just angry, leave us alone. <laughs> Let us tinker. So We don't need no chaos gods. We got this on our own. <laughs> but That's for the chaos episode. Yeah. Uh, and then the chaos episode, we're going to talk nothing but loyalist marines. <laughs> so, Dark Angels. So, you thought we were going to talk to you about chaos space marines, but we're just going to end up talking about <laughs> Dark Angels. <laughs> Which I guess is oh. fitting, but... Um, Anyways, yeah, so you go, you good uh, on them or for a brief? Well, see, the whole thing is they don't have a lot of characters to them. Uh, they they don't have chaplains where every other every other chapter kind of has a chaplain to lead them. They replace them with what they call Iron Fathers. So okay. they're just tech marines that have advanced to the point where they now lead the 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 people of or the soldiers of the chapter. Their only really like notable unit is uh, Iron Father Ferris, mm -hmm. who is unbelievable at shooting. He's unbelievably tough, and he has a gun that called Gorgon's Rat, which is a heavy three that shoots thirty six inches, which is most of the board, and for one Tech Marine is is impossibly far. Yeah, it's like a souped up heavy bolter. He's literally he's strong. If you get him close, he can he can hit you with. He's got servo arms that are literally strength times two, which is insane. So eight. it does a lot of damage. He's yeah. It's he just comes in and, and is is a wrecking ball. On top of the fact that he can then, uh, he could then 
buff all of your tanks because that's what they do. Yeah, they even evoke, I think, what's specifically strong for them because if you have a repulsor or you have any of these tanks that the 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 Loyalist Marines can take, the Imperium units can take, they have the Cygnus Array. Uh, I think I'm saying that wrong. Anyways, I'll correct myself later, but basically if you're within three inches of him and you're a Iron Hands unit, you can choose one unit that's within three inches in iron hands and their ballistic skill becomes two up, which means they can basically not miss. Yeah. Which is insane, especially somehow too. I'm sure (laughs) in there. I'm trying not to go too deep into all the stats, but literally if you just roll in with a tank, that's got like 30 shots for whatever reason. And then you make all of their ballistic skill two. that's 30 hits just starting off. And that again is 100% the way they're going to play it. They're coming in. There's no trickery to them. Which also goes into their their lore because they're very they're like Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy where they just don't they don't get literalists they're just very literal they don't get sarcasm they don't get humor and that's the way they play they don't you don't need tricks they're just gonna roll over you and if you're in the way you're in the way cool that's that is that is Iron Hands awesome uh, I guess so the last one I have. Um... And then Corey and I were going to briefly talk about the one we haven't talked about. But um, so I can do this in like two minutes and I, I'll I will since we're, you know, now running pretty, pretty late. So uh, the last chapter I had is called um, White Scars. So their primarch's name is Khan. And to relate them to a period of time. I was thinking about this a lot and then it became glaringly obvious because maybe I'm not the most intelligent person uh, considering their Primarch's name is Khan and the way that he's dressed and a lot of the um, tactics they use. So basically think ancient China Genghis Khan. Um, It's glaringly obvious once (laughs) once you realize, oh shit, his name is Khan. (laughs) So um, it actually took me longer than I'm... um, comfortable admitting to <laughs> to figure that out but and so he that, is straight up he's straight up genghis khan if you look at him it's oh, it's 100 percent. yeah they didn't even veil it it's it's he will kill everybody yeah exactly so with those two things you know the way they play is <clears throat> oh, excuse me they use bikes they're mobile they're quick they're the white bikers, so think of them like, you know, uh, they're the white bike gang, whereas Dark Angels, you know, we're the black bike gang. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so they're mobile. They're, they, in fact, I'm sure this is somewhere in the lore, but I'm willing to bet that they took their structure from Ravenwing. You think so? Yeah, I mean, it was the first chapter, those six original... Uh, the way Raven, uh, uh, sorry, the way Dark Angels were originally divided was into six companies, and each mm-hmm. one of the uh, seeding chapters kind of were structured off of those, because uh, this was the Emperor's like trial run with the Dark Angels. So I'm gonna guess that at a certain point in the lore, they mentioned how the Raven Wing were, you know, kind of influenced at least the army structure of the White Scars, not at all. Uh, their personalities but um, so they're very mobile and the stratagem I wanted to mention is called uh, born in the saddle 
So um, that's the name of it. And what it does is a biker unit that advanced can still shoot. So Ravenwing have some of these tactics, but that's super good uh, for mobility. So, and I, I only know this as I play mostly a Ravenwing list right now. That mobility kind of comes to define your army. Um, not necessarily the firepower you have, but how you're a durable Marine and you can move 20, you know, 20 inches a turn. Um, so, and shoot and or fall back and get re-rolls and buffs. I don't know right now how White Scars synchronize, but if they synchronize in any way similarly to Ravenwing, I'm going to assume they have a lot of uh, firepower minus the fat plasma mm-hmm guns we kind of have those unique to us but um, the white scars are super mobile um typically you see them run everyone's on a bike so yeah um which they should be so they're even more mobile than playing um kind of dark angels because usually dark angels are structured where you play more than one wing in a list so it's going to be it's going to be interesting when we get an episode to get into the white scars because every like what I've learned from looking at an in-depth look into the Raven Guard today who is such a mirror and a foil of the Blood Angels that I'm like oh they're just the same thing they're just <laughs> going to do the same thing and then when you see that foil and you see why it's different and that games workshop has thought it out like I don't know enough about the white scars but I bet you if you think the way the dark angels play with your with your raven wing and if you look at the white scars i bet you there's like one minutia difference yeah you know like where you guys some... have like plasma guns maybe they're great at melee or something yeah i think they are better at <clears throat> melee actually um in general like your standard white scar bikers better at melee than um a raven wing biker however there are we do have the black knights uh and not to compare and uh, contrast but it's a little hard not to when they're very similarly they're structured very similar. army. <laughs> so. It's it's I'm like a huge history buff, and this is why I can sit here and go on about lore so much. And it's it's going to become annoying the more we have episodes. And guys, it's just going to become my thing. And when we have, have Corey on episodes that talk about tactics, <laughs> he's banned. <laughs> I'm banned. I'm banned. Um. Anyways. For me, lore is history, and I get into history, and I will watch documentaries for days. And if you do a documentary about lore, which they have on YouTube, I will spend hours watching them by myself. And so basically, if you know anything about Genghis Khan and the Mongols and Attila the Hun and his Huns, the big thing with them was the way they destroyed Rome and the way they destroyed and they they created the largest empire like ever was that they were a very mobile army. Their thing was that they were on horseback, they were faster than you, they're going to come in, destroy everything, and get out. And that's very much the way they've structured everything with the White Scars. They are, instead of horses, they have motorcycles, because that's how it would translate into that. But I don't know, have you ever met Imre's dad, Emmy's dad at no. all? We have a mutual friend, Emmy. He was on the show for a little bit, but he... Uh, his anymore. dad, they're, they're from yeah, so Hungary and, oh yeah. Okay. So forget it. We have a mutual friend who his dad's from Hungary and he will, if you ever go to his house, he will sit you down and show you an Attila the Hun video where this guy from Hungary will ride on a horseback while standing straight up and shooting bullseye arrows <laughs> oh, into my. a bullseye. 
while going full speed. And he will show anyone who we had a football dinner and he sat there and showed every football coach this video. And that is how the white scars are. They're just very, they were born on horseback. They were born in a motorcycle uh, seat. And that that's, they're fast. I don't know if they have anything else going for them other than the fact that they're really good. They do. Um, I just have I didn't want to cover it just to be brief. So um, that's fair. But, but if, you're thinking, if you're thinking about them, that's the way to see Quick. them. Yeah. yeah. And to yeah. be honest, for beginners, quicker armies are mobile armies with low model count, which White Scars, uh, Ravenwing, they're hard to get a hold of. I wouldn't recommend them to someone just starting out. You need to know the rules a little bit more uh, in a little bit more nuanced way to make them work well. And that's yeah. just, uh, you know, disclaimer. You can make them work, but you might lose a lot of games at first. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So with that, now we have the last... <sighs> Moving on to... Uh... <laughs> The fists? Are you talking about? Oh, you still have one left. I still have one left. Oh, yeah, no, we're not. God. We're not there yet. No, don't worry. <laughs> the sigh of Ultramar. <laughs> you see this? It's like, man, there are so many loyalist Marines that you lose count sometimes. Yeah. Damn. When we started this episode and I started doing prep, I was like, wait, we still have seven. What did we talk about? Last yeah, week? I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, wait a second. I you think only covered that, two. <laughs> yeah. If we had missed this chapter that I'm about to talk about. I think the fanboys of this army themselves would be able to gang up and take us off of Spotify. <laughs> they all wrote an angry letter uh, about us. We would not be allowed on Spotify. And that, of course, I'm talking about the Imperial Fists. Uh, and they're uh, actually briefly before we go into it. It was the yeah. Imperial Fists that were at LVO. I had uh, my chapters wrong. So they're the ones who have an unkillable dreadnought. See, and that was the thing. So with the Iron Hands, and we're working a little backwards, but the Iron Hands are very good at tank warfare. Hmm. And the Imperial Fist specialty is siege warfare, which is very similar, except where the Iron Hands focus on military weaponry in the way of vehicles. Imperial Fists work in the way of single units that are impossibly strong like dreadnoughts dreadnoughts war suits centurions while they don't have any specific unit that is iron hands like there's no sanguinary guard that i can speak of unless i'm missing it they literally just have a lot of awesome war suits and dreadnoughts capabilities and most of their lists now um they're really good really really good in eighth i will see if they get nerfed hopefully because they've dominated excuse me the competitive scene for so long but um their lists typically involve centurions dreadnoughts and then maybe a few intercessors (laughs) they are strong they're gonna run down your wall uh if you put one up that is their thing they are the seventh legion they are number seven. I know these numbers don't mean anything. They they don't. But if you're into your chapter, you know your number. Unless you're number it, one, then it means the world. Oh, yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> I think that's like a whole thing with the Emperor's Children where they really care about the number because they're like three, I think. So they hate like the Dark Angels for being one. It's like a whole oh. weird. It's it doesn't matter. The numbers don't matter oh, unless no. you're unless you're number one. 
Or if you want to oh. shit talk somebody. Oh, well, I'm higher up on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm from the ninth legion. Um, anyways, the Primarch is Royal Do- R- Rogel Dorn. Oh, man. Autocorrect ruined so much of my notes. Uh, <laughs> Rogel Dorn is the Primarch. <laughs> Rogel Dorn. He is the only Primarch you'll see with a full handlebar mustache. Their armor is uh, a deep shade of yellow, which makes them the hardest chapter to paint outside of maybe white scarves. Because whites are hard. We won't. To work with. Yeah, we won't go hard. Yellow and white. We won't get into painting, but yellow and white are historically the hardest colors to paint because of their pigments. Yeah. But they are yellow. It is tough to paint them, and it's kind of like your own ability when you get into being an Imperial Fist uh, player. You then learn how to. You go through your own, your own gene seed thing and learn how to paint them. You're implanted with yellow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Rogaldorn is is super strong at siege warfare. That's his thing. When the Horus Heresy began, they recalled him back to Terra, which is Earth. They pulled him back to Terra. If we say Terra, it means Earth. Uh, they don't use the word Earth too much. They brought him back to Holy, Holy Terra, and he basically became the defender of Terra where the Imperial Fist took it as an honor that they were going to protect Earth. They were going to keep Horus anywhere from Earth and they technically lost that battle in the Horus Heresy and they kind of hold on to that. And then shortly after the Horus Heresy, Rogel Doran like chases off and during the scouring, he chases off the, the troops and ends up getting ganged up on and is presumably dead, but According to GW retcons, he is still technically alive, but all that's left of him that they know of is his fist. Hence, the Imperial Fist is part of the name. Uh, his fist is still alive. They have it, and every time they have a new chapter master, they inscribe on it the the, the new chapter master's name on the dead hand of their Primarch. So we don't know if he's alive or not. He's probably coming back soon, but he's a little too close to the guys we have. Uh, he's very robo Roboot Gilliman-esque. He's a great, robust leader in general. And if you are an Imperial Fist fan, they all have like T-shirts of Rogaldorn. They <laughs> there's like meme jokes about like, oh, who's the best Primarch? And then you'll just see a bunch of people running in screaming, Dorn, 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 Dorn. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's basically them. They're very disciplined, very well tempered. They're good at siege warfare. All of their tactics and abilities is based around destroying vehicles and destroying buildings and getting around. They have certain uh, abilities, and I won't point out the exact names of them, but they ignore most forms of cover, mm-hmm. which is very lore-based. They, they Basically, if you're behind a wall... Very deadly. <laughs> yeah. If you're behind a wall, I'm going to shoot through that wall and kill you because it's my job to tear down walls. And that is that is who they are to a T. Uh, I did say that they are very, while they are Earth-based, they are very, the defenders of Holy Terra, they also take that kind of loss in battle as a huge mark on them, which is a whole weird thing with them now because they're like that guy in the gym who loves doing planks because he can prove how far he can push himself. They... I don't know. I'm not really. I go to the gym a lot, and I'm not really familiar with that guy. <laughs> well, when you meet that guy, 
talk to him about Imperial Fists because I got an arm. I'm sure he plays, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, they're that very pain is weakness leaving the body. I feel pain, so I know what feel like pain feels like. They can overcome anything with willpower and discipline, almost to the point where they're almost like Cenobites from Hellraiser. They love pain because it proves to them they can overcome things. And that that sounds like a lot for me to randomly say, but it all culminates in the idea, idea that they have an item called the pain glove. Hmm. This is a device they put on their fist, and it gives them excruciating pain that creates no physical damage to the body. It just hurts them for no reason so that they can negatively reinforce themselves. Wow. That's pretty crazy. They have a quote that just says, pain is a lesson that the universe teaches us. Hmm. It's a a very specific specific style of of yes, yes. I'm just going to say yes. Uh, And uh, in terms of how they play, they dominate right now. I want to make that very, very clear. They are probably... One of, if not the best top tier army right now, they're crazy. And they're basically a gun line, um, which is pretty nuts that a gun line, they just put out so much firepower, crazy amounts. And yeah. then all of these yeah, yeah. buffs that ignore anything that can keep you safe uh, as an opposing army. So, and sorry to jump in there, Corey. I've just, no, it's fun. I've seen them like. Basically, if you were competing at LVO in, was it 2020? Uh, so a few months ago. Um, and you were a serious competitor. Half the list were Raven Guard or Iron Iron uh, Imperial Fists. So it's just good. They're dominating the meta right now. It just is what it is. You know, everyone has their moment. And right now it's the Imperial Fists. So... Well, right now they have, and I know there's other like combinations they have, but they have a thing called bolter drill, which is a stratagem. It's when a unit shoots a bolter weapon, which already has all those buffs. A bolter weapon already has like, yeah, there's so many buffs. So on top of that, if you roll a six, uh, it scores an additional hit. So every time you roll a six, you're adding on another hit on top of it. So all of their, if you roll nothing but sixes, you're already doubling every hit you get. Yeah. So they're just, they're overwhelming. They're going to tear down any wall you have. They already ignore cover for a lot of everyone in that army get that. Anyone who shoots. I think it's just, I think you choose a unit. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a stratagem. It's a two. Oh, oh, I see. So, okay. Yeah. But that's the idea of them. They're, they're, if you want to hide behind cover, it's not going to help you when you're playing Imperial Fist. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to hurt them because they know what pain is. Right. Yeah. But that's Imperial Fists. That's them in a nutshell. They have a successor chapter called the Crimson Fist, which is almost as popular as mm-hmm. the Imperial Fists themselves, which is just the Imperial Fists. But instead, they have Red Fists or one Red Fist. It's very, it's actually kind of cool, but cool. that's for another day. Yeah, and so um, I know we should talk about it. <laughs> uh, we can I don't want to talk about it. I think it. we yeah, can skip Let's do it. it real quick. So we talked about them a little bit last episode too. And no dissing Ultramarines. Play- it's the Ultramarines. So no dissing Ultramarines players. But a lot of people, and we're not alone in this, just find them boring. 
but in actuality they do have some really cool lore um let's not dive too deep into that because we'll get lost and we're already kind of over our time here so um they're you know nicknamed the smurfs for good reason they're all that kind of bright blue and they are ultramarine blue yes (laughs) is what they are named after it's not that they're ultramarines it's that the color is called ultramarine yeah gw did not name that color they took the name from that color oh all right cool that's a fun fact too so um but they play the most generic you can as space marines so any kind of they're good at everything but not excellent at one thing so yeah and that's them in a nutshell. I don't want to spend too much time on them. If you're interested in the Ultramarines, you know, good for you. Uh, just, I guess, Google it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Just to tie this all up. And it's because we have like a way of talking where we're kind of making some inside jokes about people who play different armies. Uh, the Warhammer community is is kind of like a giant family in the way that, yeah, we're making fun of each other. And we're making like I just made fun of Imperial Fist players. I made fun of we've made fun of Raven Guard players, but that's like our brothers that we can make fun of them. Blood Angel players are assholes. If you, you play know? Eldar, though, this is not allowed, right? <laughs> Look, man, I I don't even know. I'm just saying. Yeah. The idea is that, like, yeah, I think all these armies are at the core pretty cool, but very specific players play very specific armies, mm-hmm. and I know who you are. And I'm going to make fun of you for it. Just like you can make fun of me for playing Blood Angels because we're space blood drinking vampires. And usually the people who play them are a little bit aggressive and could be assholes. And it's just the way it is. And I'm not making fun of those players. It's all love. And right. I think they get that. And the I just want to make sure that's type of song. players that we absolutely are making fun of, and you should too, are Tau players. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> I don't. There are some stereotypes that, unfortunately, are a little bit true about. And this is speaking from someone who's played with Tau players in person a lot. Um, there were there's a lot of similarities. <laughs> yeah. Um, Honestly, I think there's a court order that says I can't vent too long about these guys. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> they're a great army, but they're yeah. Anyways, so yeah. um, with that being said, um, we were going to go over, you know, hopes for ninth, but actually I'm thinking that'll come out when we talk about ninth. So for the time being, you know, we went over all the Space Marine chapters. Um, we talked about just a little bit about each, a little bit how they play and, you know, maybe even a little bit, you know, why you should play them. So with that being said, you know, I think we'll call it tonight. Um you can follow us on Foxtrot Battle Line. Uh, oh, crap. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. Foxtrot Battle Line at gmail.com. Send us an email. Any questions you have, any suggestions you want to be on and you think you have something to add, just let us know. Um, in addition to that, uh, follow us on Instagram, S B O U. Oh, sorry. That's my. <laughs> I'm I told Corey today I was exhausted when we started recording this and it's coming out now at the end. But. Foxtrot Battle Line 5198 is our Instagram and follow us there. We're posting regular content, um, all sorts of things, exciting things are going on now. So um thank you, Corey, for being on with me here Absolutely. today. Absolutely. Um 
next time our next release will be covering Astra Militarum and a little bit more in depth about some of the tactics with them and less why you should play we're going to do a you know mono army deep dive into them yeah. so it's just so hard right now to even do that because yeah. everything's changing well, if yeah. you wanted to know where human beings were in all of this next episode is the episode. dying just like now <laughs> That's for, the glory, what doing. <laughs> for the glory of the imperium yeah um so we'll be covering that next time and uh thanks for tuning in and we you know tell your friends about us and we hope to hear from you soon thank you thank you